When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, sit here. Thank you. Hey, I saw that. You gave up your seat for the woman with the oxygen tank. Always showing your good side. Know how else you could help her? Donate at Griffles Plasma, because she also relies on plasma-based medicines. By donating at Griffles Plasma, you make it possible for patients to get where they're going in life. And that feels really good. Become a Griffles Plasma donor, and you can receive up to $800 this month. Find a center at grifflesplasma.com. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ doing good. Very nervous. Um, We got game five in about three and a half hours. Yankee season on the line once again. And... um. Yeah, I I can't wait, you know, game 167 of the year. And, you know, we put in all this time to watch, um, you know, to watch these, these teams for games like tonight. So, super exciting. Incredibly exciting, you know, and <clears throat> terrific matchup to see get worked around through all this too having just again this is two great teams they're not necessarily i wouldn't call them equal i would not call them you know the guardians aren't their equals but they find ways to play like it and that's one of the best parts about them but we had a couple of things we wanted to discuss first yeah um lj you want to start with these few international guys that um could potentially be making their way to the mlb this offseason yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and start with um, Kodai Senga. Yeah, so Kodai Senga uh, is a right-handed pitcher who's been pitching for SoftBank in the uh, NPB. LJ, you would say that SoftBank is probably the equivalent of the Yankees or one of the equivalent, you know, best teams. I mean, obviously, there's the Umori Giants. Yeah, I was about to say, it's more, you know, I would say it's more online, maybe Dodgers, Astros, Red Sox, that second tier of big okay. market. It's, it's a big market, is, is what you're trying to get at here. Very big market. Um, 
actually Freddie Galvis and Tyler Chatwood both played for the team this year. So two XMLB players. Um, and Kodai Senka is a right-handed pitcher who has been uh, with the team since t- 2012, so 11 years now. Has compiled a 104 and 51 record, um, 2.42 ERA, um, with a, a little over 1,300 innings pitched, almost has 1,500 strikeouts, and he will trigger an opt out in his contract. Um, and will be able to become a free agent. Um, he will not be posted, as is the majority of, of uh, cases where guys from the NPB are able to come to the MLB. He actually signed a five-year extension last December, um, and it had an opt-out clause after the first season where he could become a full free agent, did not have to get posted or anything like that. Um it was kind of reported back in August he wanted to pursue MLB opportunities, um, you know, this winter. And now, you know, it's actually going to happen. So, um, super cool. I think that he's um, a very interesting a pitcher. I saw um, right here in this article I'm reading, uh, Eric Longenhanging of Fangraphs said he has an exploding fastball, um, you know, he uh, he also throws a splitter, which is which is very common that you see out of Japanese pitchers. Um, that's probably his best secondary pitch. Um, he certainly has the velocity to be able to be a starter. Um, but there is also other scouts that believe he could be a great two pitch reliever. Um, and I think what's important about him choosing to come to the MLB and become a free agent. You know, you have these top tier uh, pitchers in this free agent class. You're Jacob DeGroms, you're Justin Verlanders, of course. And then past that, you have a guy like Carlos Rodon. I'm not going to put him in the same group as DeGrom and Verlander, but still three elite pitchers in my mind. Um, And for, you know, the teams that aren't really willing to spend whatever kind of a money it's going to take to get one of those guys. Here is another player, um, another uh, another right-handed arm that can become a bit of an attractive option, LJ. Yeah, he absolutely can become one. Every number is, you know, certainly not, I'm not going to call it like gleaming, but it's a little bit of an overhype here. We're not here to do that, but you know, you look at it, solid strikeout numbers, certainly the walk per nine for his career, a little over three walks per nine innings. He's got good enough control. This is the type of guy that, you know, he doesn't have that mat, that, that terribly, terribly low floor with these types of numbers. He might not be as impressive with the difference in the jump, but he'll be something. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm excited to be able to see if he can be of any any value and exactly what of what his contract value will be. Um, remember, there's no posting fee. Um, 
under the posting system, which we're going to talk about with the next player, um, the value of um, players is a lot uh, different because the Japanese club or Korean club or whoever's posting these players, you get 20% of the contract's first $25 million, 17.5% of the next $25 million, and then 15% of any money afterwards and that's just on the initial contract um and that'll be the case for the next player we talk about but of course like i said i'll say it again with the case of uh, kodai senga any team is able to sign him and you can just pay the strict value whatever you actually sign him for that's what you're paying you're not uh having to pay any extra money to to these clubs um in japan yeah, it's a great opportunity. And let's go into this next guy you're talking about here, uh, Shintaro Fujinami. And, you know, this is definitely going to be a factor for him. How much of a factor that remains to be seen based on reports? Yeah, here's an interesting case. We have another right-handed pitcher. He is on the younger side. He's 28. Well, I should say he's the younger of the two players that we're talking about. Um he plays for the Hanshin Tigers, um, who did not have the greatest season, uh, 68 and 71. And, you know, for him, it's he's been really good and was really highly touted. And there's actually an MLB Trade Rumors article that was posted back in 2012, which I was reading because it was linked in this article um him and Shohei Otani when they were both very young were seeing very close comparisons um at least when it came to the uh, pitching side of things um it's it's really interesting because he has had really bad control issues but has like pretty nasty stuff um he only pitched 66 innings this year. He did have 65 strikeouts, but walked 21 batters. Um, and while the control issues in Japan might seem like an issue to them, when you look at his walk rate, it's actually lower than the league average walk rate, um, which was a huge which was a huge um, improvement for him from what he did in 2021, where he was at almost 17% walk rate. Um, and let's look at other other stats here too, because you know, focusing only on his central league stats, this is also a almost two point um, or a two drop in ERA. He was up at five to one in central league play in 2021. Gets back down to 3.38 for all that that's just again terrific improvement bounce back from a couple struggling years another big thing you have to talk about and consider is the fact that the strike zone is smaller in japan <clears throat> so those control issues you know sure he's gonna completely miss the uh miss the plate at times maybe it happens to everyone but it's not gonna be nearly as pronounced in the states as it would be in japan and he is a guy who has been able to hit 101 miles an hour with his fastball um and we've seen him be elite in the past um you know these struggles 
that he's had though with his command he's you know he hasn't been able to really rack up a lot of innings um in the last few years and he's just really been seen as a depth piece to his team um in Japan so he'll be posted 30 day window where clubs can sign um and if he's unable to reach an agreement he'll return um to Hanshin for the 2023 season but this would be a guy who I would assume there's going to be at least some sort of interest with um because teams are always looking for for a uh, pitchers um and if you could potentially get one on the on the cheap which I would have to assume so when you've seen the past contracts of these guys that that have uh, came over I know uh, that Otani is because of some weird signing rules because of his age he had to have just a rookie scale contract, but you look at guys like Hassan Hassan Kim, um, Shogo Akiyama, other guys that have come over to the bigs, and they've been on very small deals compared to, um, you know what you're getting in free agency because of those uh, posting fees and such. So, could be an absolute uh bargain. You know, could be signed by a team and they see enough there where they can kind of develop him into what they think could be a good reliever or if they think he could be a starter but um super interesting player and we'll have to um definitely keep you updated from the day that he gets uh posted because it will be a 30-day period where teams are able to to offer him contracts absolutely brandon where you want to go next in this big beautiful baseball world um can we just talk about like the Fernando Tatis thing real quick? And I don't know if I really have a take on it, but I just saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about it. Um, LJ, if the Padres win the World Series, does he get a ring? Well, to again full, further elaborate on that, as you were saying before we started, <clears throat> in actuality, it'll come down to a player vote, correct? That is what I've read. Yes, not okay. sure how true it is. It's it's because it's coming from people from on Twitter, but that's what I've read. If it's not an actual policy, that seems like the most common sense way to do it, rather than giving it to the guy to let the people, you know, let them decide from a locker room chemistry standpoint. Should he get one? Yes. And my logic is largely based on this. He himself attracts a lot of the attention to this team. He attracts a lot of the money, the money that is used to pay these contracts, the money that is used to go out and make these signings. He's also the guy who, you know, having guys like him and be, especially being able to pair him with a guy like Manny Machado, that brings guys in. That's the type of moves that make you Darvish make Joe Musgrove want to stay. Those types of moves are the things that get Juan Soto to, you know, be on board with a move to San Diego where, you know, he didn't have any control over it ultimately, but you know, he could have easily said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to resign there. Like you have that control. Uh, who was Antonio Brown did that exact thing to the Steelers. They tried to send him up to Buffalo and he said, no, and that he wouldn't play there. So, you know, you do have a little bit of control if you voice your opinion on how trades go. And he certainly didn't say anything about that. So 
it goes a long way to building this roster. A lot of that is because of him. Will he get one? If it comes down to that stuff, if it comes down to the players and their feelings about it, absolutely not. We have heard time and time again, we haven't heard many good things come out of this Padres camp regarding Fernando Tatis, regarding what he did, and also regarding Tatis as a person. You know, you haven't heard a ton of the, you know, glowing reviews and the shock that he'd do this. I mean, the shock that he'd do this because, you know, they needed him, but like shocked that he would ethically have anything to do with this or possibly screw up like this is not something in the Padres' vocabulary. You add that to maybe I'm the only one still questioning this, but I'm always going to question his involvement in collapse last year and whether that was a largely personality-based issue. There's a lot going against him as a teammate, and if it comes down to his teammates deciding whether he gets one, it's hard to say he gets them. Yeah, I mean, based on what we've seen, especially when it comes down to, um, you know, what other teammates said about him in the press conferences, what I've read, I don't know if it came down to a player vote whether or not he would actually end up getting the majority or whatever it is. Um, yeah, also something that I was that I uh, thought about. Um, the uh, deeper that the Padres go in the postseason, the less games he has to miss next year because his suspension, the games in the playoffs count. Um, and I believe if the CS goes seven games and they do make it to the World Series and that goes seven games, He'll only have to miss 11 games to start the 2023 season. Um, yeah, again, that's that's fair. You know, all these points. I have a new question coming up here. Sure. Just because I uh, – topic. Just because I happened to flip back over to Twitter and, of course, I've been following the Ballon d'Or presentations today. Manchester City wins Club of the Year – they did not win a European trophy. They did not win a domestic cup. They won the league, that is all, and win club of the year. Based on this flawed logic for a award, if we were giving club of the year to a baseball team, regardless of how they've done in the postseason, regardless of any logic, who are you giving it to? It would have to be the Dodgers, right, based on that logic. I mean, based on that logic, yes. But, I mean, tell me, who do you think has had the best performance this year? It could not It could not be the Dodgers. You could look at what the Yankees did through the early part of the season and say that, that was definitively the best club when they were right. When the, when the team, when the organization hadn't torn them apart, they were the best club in the world. I mean, that's up for you to say. Yeah, um, it's tough because if you don't give it to the Dodgers, I feel like you pretty much have to give it to Houston, right, based on how consistent they've been. Based on what we talked about last night, you know, you lose Carlos Correa, and it's just, it's like it, there's, it's like there was no impact by that. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm. it's interesting we're looking at two separate spots of this because another spot you could look, I think, also would be Atlanta. 
And mm. frankly, I think I go there just because, you know, they may have had a slow start. That happens to a lot of teams. Either way, this is still a 100-win team. Frankly, no, I'm going to take the Yankees out of this because if you don't win 100 games, I don't think you can really get into this like conversation. That doesn't seem – that seems like a decent enough modifier here. But you look at Atlanta. Yes, they started off slow, but they also were clearly the best team and the most dominant team through the last four months of the season. And so if you have that long a sample size of greatness – it's hard to look away from that. Well, LJ, should we talk about this game five tonight and the lineups that have come out and just some other uh, discourse that I've been reading throughout the day? Absolutely. Let's go for it. Where do you want to start? This is obviously means infinitely um, more to you than me. We got pretty much the same lineup for the Yankees as we did last night, which I'm totally fine with. I understand all the fans mad that Matt Carpenter is not in this lineup. That doesn't mean he's not going to pinch hit in a big spot. Yes, I understand he's only gotten one plate appearance in the series, but I question, like, you really want him in left field in a do-or-die game, or you really want Giancarlo Stanton in left field? And I know how bad Aaron Hicks looked out there, but you don't want Matt Carpenter out there in left field. You just don't. No, but at the same time, you know, what's the justification for Stanton not playing left? Is It's mostly, you know, I would like to think at least it's largely injury related because he's never been, he hasn't been good, but he's also never been bad in the field. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like his numbers are anything great, but your odds are he's not going to cost you, or at least if he is, ends up statistically costing you the game, you're not going to notice it. And I have a feeling because of this guy's postseason record, and generally I said it to Papa Elledge yesterday, you know, I think his postseason performances are going to be a massive reason why this guy makes the Hall of Fame if he does. Because he is, he's flat out is a postseason performer. He is him. Yes. He's him. And so what, what's a big part of what comes with that effort? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So you can't tell me that you're not going to get maximum effort in every facet of the game out of Mike Stanton if you put him, whether you put him in left field or if you DH him. So for me, I want at least the guy who's going to try hard out there. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I would much rather have a carpenter out there than Stanton in the field just because we, we have seen so little of Stanton in the outfield and at least carpenter yeah, playing. Okay. Yeah, you know. Um, regardless, though, I mean, it's a good lineup. 
there's clearly flaws in it. Which well, it's also wait, also can we mention the fact that Aaron Hicks has he not gotten a hit this series? That's okay. Um, okay. Um, that's okay. Um, it's a it's a it's the probably the best lineup we can put together with what we have right now. That's with that that is on our playoff roster for this series. This is the the best that you can construct. Using the whole 40-man roster, this would probably be one of the worst lineups that you can construct. But, you know, I, I just, you know, no DJ, no Benintendi, no Peraza. Um, it's, well, who are you, where, where are you putting any of those guys? Benintendi and left. Well, yeah, obviously, I don't know what I was about to say. Benintendi is the only one I think actually DJ makes DJ at third base instead of Donaldson. Um, okay. Again, Donaldson hasn't been bad this series, though. You. You got to give credit. No, he hasn't. He 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 hasn't. But I'll take the four war guy. I mean, any day. So um, over Josh Donaldson. Just that 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 trade is. I think about the trade every day that we made in the off season, and like, it's whatever. Look, I'm fine with the lineup. There's nothing you can do about it. It got us a win last night. We're facing a weaker pitcher tonight. Who we tagged for six runs earlier in this in this year. We have Jamison Tyone, who you know we think of very highly, highly enough to throw him in a very high leverage spot in Game Three, um, or sorry, Game Two, um, and we're just gonna roll with that. Um, next up, I want to mention Josh Naylor. All right, I'm going to be very careful with uh, my words Brandon, here. we haven't gotten to our month spot yet. Do you want to wait until November 16th? No, I want to – well, no. I want to bring up a little bit with last night, and then we can do a month. Um, okay. I, I'm going to be very careful with how I say this to make sure my words do not get twisted. Okay. Josh Naylor. I – okay, I am all – for celebrating and bat flipping and, you know, fun in the game. I am all for that. You will never see me complain about a guy with a massive bat flip or what Reese Hoskins did slamming the bat or any of that. What I do have a small problem with is flat out insulting and like taunting the pitcher because he's just asking for a 98 mile an hour pitch to to hit him the first time that the Guardians and Yankees play next year. That's that's all he's asking for. I think I could have justified his home run celebration a little more if it was a game winning home run or if it was a go ahead home run, not a nothing burger home run which had little to no impact on the game. It was a nothing burger, LJ. There was there was nothing there. Calling uh, Garrett Cole, your son, after hitting one home run off of him, a career 111 batting average off of him, including that hit. Um, you know, just don't try not to make it disrespectful. I mean, that's I guess that's what what it comes down to. You can celebrate. He could have flipped the bat 35 feet in the air and I would have been way more cool about it than you know whatever the hell that was and i understand josh naylor's not all there in the head we've seen you know 
saying he wants all the smoke um, after a game in May where he had eight RBIs after the eighth inning against the White Sox. It's 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 cool. Like I I like excitement. Like I like that he's so animated. I just don't know how much I can get behind like taunting the pitcher because now we're gonna have Guardians fans that are mad at the Yankees for hitting this guy next year when they a hundred percent will right. LJ is like that pretty much a given at this point that Josh Josh Nero's getting plunked in the in the series we play next year. Yes. So we're gonna have. Guardians fans mad at Yankee fans for like, oh, you're starting stuff. When it's like he could have flipped the bat, like I said, a million feet in the air, and we're not gonna throw at him. The the Braves aren't gonna throw it throw at Reese Hoskins next year. I just don't know if taunting the pitcher is the right thing to do in that spot. Maybe if you hit a walk-off, you can do that and you can taunt the pitcher like that. But in that spot where you're still losing, like you're not even winning. At that point, I just, yeah, I don't know. Let the kids play. Let I'm all for letting play. the kids play. Let I'm all for letting play. them play. All right. I'm I'm just met, trying to poke all of Brandon's buttons, or at least as many as I can find right now. But I'm very on edge today, if you can't tell, LJ. It's very stressful today. <laughs> he is right on this one, you know? You can be just as animated, and you can basically do all the same things. You didn't have to clearly, obviously direct it at the guy. I honestly, you know, that's that's really where I draw the line, is if it's becoming a confrontation between the batter and the pitcher, then it becomes a problem. He could have cradled his bat like a baby and rocked it back and forth the entire way to first base if he wanted to. If he never went and faced Garrett Cole, I wouldn't have an issue with it. With that being said, I'm also not going to get up in arms about it because this isn't basketball. This isn't football. This is a sport where it largely polices itself. So he does this. He fully knows that he's going to get hit, or he should expect that he's going to get hit if you overstep the line this much that's where i am on this that's where i stand is at the end of the day i could care less i'm not gonna really get up in arms about it because i know he's gonna have his trust due coming next year and it's gonna be 100 percent deserved you take that risk when you pull something like this but let's get back to tonight's game because i think you know obviously i, under- I understand brennan's trying to you know put things in a good frame for him, but we do have to put the opposite spin on things here. And generally, this Guardians team, I think, is in a lot better position than people give it credit for. This is a team that's generally been hitting pretty well, especially, like, at, at minimum, almost consistent with their standards throughout this postseason. So, you know, I don't think you're going to see any dramatic drop-off from what they've done so far production-wise in a Game 5 especially when you consider that this team has been mentally tough through and through at multiple points this year, they've had to show up and do it compared to now, you know, maybe two games for the Yankees this year where they've really had to step up and show up, you know, the first game against the Rays in September when they had the three game lead. And once they, you know, once they got past the first one, it became easier, easier, and easier. And now this is the third one with that 
where, you know, you held the game last night, you got through that, you got through the Rays one, can you do it a third time and twice in two days? That becomes the question. My second point here, this Guardians bullpen, and this is another fantastic management job, this Guardians bullpen has put themselves in a terrific position to win this game or to at least stay in this game through and through. Yes, you're right. You hit Aaron Savali for six earlier in this game. But I guarantee you, Savali does not get put out there for more than two innings. Two innings may be the max that they're willing to put this guy tonight because this is such a well-rested bullpen. And, you know, Zach Plezak, another starter-caliber pitcher, you've had success with at different times this year. Only threw 11 pitches yesterday. You've got De Los Santos, who did not pitch yesterday. You have Eli Morgan, who did not pitch yesterday. Actually, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start with Eli Morgan yet. No, I will. I'm sorry. Never mind. I'm. I'm getting a little confused. Turn around here. Um. Eli Morgan did pit, pitch there. There we go. I was screwed around. But more importantly, you have four legitimate pitchers. Like you have four. A tier or above relievers in this bullpen with Sam Henches, who didn't pitch Sunday, you know, pitched 31 pitches in Saturday's game. And then you have Trevor Steffen, James Karinshack, and Emmanuel Classe, particularly when you consider their ages and service time, probably the best young bullpen core in the league. There's not a bad thing you can say about any of the three of them. As far as I'm concerned, this Guardians team really needs to navigate through maybe four innings, five innings, and they're going to be in a secure spot. Because if you get through four innings, if you're able to cobble together with Savali, Plesak, Thilo Santos, whoever you want to use, if you're able to cobble together four innings with that, you can go to Henches in the fifth, Stefan in the sixth, Karen Shack in the seventh, and then leave Classe the 8th and ninth, and I'm confident he can get, take care of that. I think that they could throw James Karinchak for, for two, if need yeah, be. Yeah, that too. Again, there's a lot of flexibility here, and um, <clears throat> you really love to see them be in this position where they have so many creative options and so many high-quality players to do it with. Um And... That's not really all I have for tonight. Yeah, they have the better uh, pitching path to victory. However, if we're able to jump on Savali early, um, I think that we're going to be in an okay spot. I mean, if we're if we're entering like the fourth or fifth inning and it's like 0-0 or 1-1 or really just tied for any, you know, just like tied in any way. I'm scared because we know how nasty Karen Jack is. Class A will never give up a run. I mean, this dude is so good. I, I I can't see him getting hit around. I mean, there was an at-bat in game two. It was Kyle Higashioka with the bases loaded, and Emmanuel Class A was pitching, and I had no doubt in my mind that we were not going to get a hit there. That's like how much of a throwaway at-bat. It is when this guy's pitching because he's that damn good. So at some point, it's like, all right, I need a two-run lead by the time we turn it over to the bullpen. And 
you know, you can use Loisigo because we didn't use him last night. So you figure he's good for two. Um, you know, I I don't even know what a realistic pitching path to a victory is because I I, I well maybe maybe I, one might start with actually using Miguel Castro. Where has he been? He was the last guy on the roster. Don't um, stop. He was the last guy on the roster. Um, yeah, I think that they would just much rather use Trevino, Loisaga, Wandy, Clay. That's oh, obviously, but again, it just also does feel weird, especially when you've been in a couple. Or of Domingo Herman, like, dude, yeah. why? Why are you on the run? Why? Why carry twelve pitchers if we've only used nine of them so far? Just to just. And- a- Furthermore, yeah, Herman. This is the night where Herman would be used too, because if Tyone, you know, you you hope if you're the Yankees, you pray if you're a Yankees fan that they give Tyone as short a leash as he actually deserves, which is as short as humanly possible. Herman then is very much in play. I would have to assume that Nestor is also in play. Minimum Nestor. Yeah. This is your last game of your season. Would would we actually do that though? You wouldn't, but you should. Would because... we ever actually No, LJ, um, you know, we have a uh, game one of the CS potentially on Wednesday. What are we gonna do if we, we get have game that? one of the fall ball season coming up? We can't have Nestor not ready for that. Um yeah, I mean, we have we have we have game one of of a Nestor's uh, MLB the Show uh, franchise tomorrow. So yeah, it's just look. There's a massive difference between a game five and what position Seattle was in, and I was ripping them for using Robbie Ray because in that one, all all that matters isn't winning a single game. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter if you win the game. What matters is if you win the series, and so. What real point is there in winning the third game of that series down 2-0 if you have no even semi-realistic chance of winning game four, which you didn't without Robbie Ray? In this one, you have no more inning. You you have no more games to play around with. This one is to decide the series. Everyone, all hands are on deck, and you figure out the rest of, you figure out the CS after this because. With what you've shown in this game, or the series, you shouldn't feel that great about going up against Houston anyways. So, no, you're not putting yourself in that much worse of a position by at least making sure you get out of the round. LJ, I hope you know I just read something on Twitter from Jack Curry, who works for Yes Network. Oh, no. Garrett Cole showed up to the stadium today and told Aaron Boone that he can pitch tonight if needed. Awesome. What a great guy. He threw 110 pitches last night. And he's like, you know, I know you guys screw up your your uh your pitching so bad that just throw me out there if 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 need be. Um I I I really don't care. I hope they do. Honestly, speaking completely Especially if he's okay with it, like if he's okay with it, if he really wants to be out there, he's gonna put in the maximum effort performance too. So I'm of the impression you go for it. You just do it because if you, if you get to that if you get to that spot then yeah like if you can use 
the actual well-arrested guys do it. But if this goes to extra innings, I mean, I am so fine with him coming out of the bullpen. Oh, I don't even know about that. Brandon, one-run game or tie game in the ninth inning, runner on, you're not going to Cole? I don't know. I mean, the only time I can really think of something like this is that 2001 World Series where in game six, Randy Johnson goes seven innings and throws. Let's see if I can pull it up. Yeah, right here, 104 pitches. The next night, they bring him in to close out the game for the Diamondbacks. They bring him in the eighth inning, and he goes another 17 pitches the very next night. I mean, LJ, what's the absolute maximum you let Cole go? 20 pitches? This is going to sound terrible. You're asking Cole what the maximum is. Oh, and there's, a, and there's something else that we haven't even brought up. Have you seen what the weather forecast is for the Bronx I tonight? I haven't even looked. Oh, no. There will be some rain in, in play here. Um, Aaron Boone said everything is on the table for rescheduling game five, including a possible night game tomorrow, which would mean... Having to play a night game tomorrow and then fly to Houston for another night game the next day for well, game. Well, now you have me doing a rain dance because that means Shane Beaver's back in play for game five. There's right. rained out. Right. This is fascinating. But to finish your, your thought on Garrett Cole, there is no such thing as a pitch limit because it's all situational. Do I put him in there for multi inning work? Most likely not. But it all depends on how you use him. Because if I was if I was running the Yankees, he's obviously available. And if I am in a high leverage situation, I will use him. And I will not feel bad about it. My choice though would be that eighth and ninth inning, when you're really in trouble, get him in there, get him to get the outs, and he probably doesn't go more than an inning. If he can go one or two outs only, that would also be great. Because, you know, health-wise, it probably isn't the best. Rest-wise, it probably isn't the best. And he's going to fall apart sooner rather than later because of the lack of rest. However, if I'm not cho- I don't choose to use him in that way, and all of a sudden it's the 15th inning, I'm just going to toss him out there until he isn't, like, is clearly not feeling it anymore. And I would hope, you know, in most situations, your best pitchers aren't going to tell you when they're done, but you're going to sit down with him and say look at me you are going to tell me when you start to feel a little off don't put pride into this because this isn't a start this is a short short rest situation right it's completely different and I think a good player a player who wants to win will respect that as well so you know that's the type of situation I would use him long in only but past that I really don't want to see him more than a run or more than a one inning. and the last thing Aaron Boone said, like, he would prefer that the latest the game starts is 9.30 p.m. Past that, he would prefer a game tomorrow. It's not up to Aaron Boone, is it? It's not, but he can we certainly give what his you opinion. Want, Aaron. He, can, he can certainly give his opinion. Um, I mean, LJ, I don't care if we start this at 
midnight tonight. I have an 8 a.m. class tomorrow. I'll be up. I mean, I'm, I'm watching it. Just please don't make this an afternoon game tomorrow when I have class because I, I might I might die if I have to sit in class and watch game five. Well, no one ever said you had to sit in class, but um... I'm a student. I'm a student of of, you know, I pride myself in not missing classes. Um, but yeah, that's about all I have. Yeah, I, I ain't got nothing else. Let's go Yankees, baby. All right. Thanks for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. And we'll see you. See you manana.